Okay, we'll continue what we uh, started yesterday uh, very briefly. Um, we read in the, we were talking about in the Parsha, it states that Yehuda ruled with regards to Tamar after she became pregnant. He ruled that let her be taken out and let her be burnt. So he condemned her to uh, burning. Now Rashi comments that from the uh, Chazal that Omar Ephraim Akshah that Ephraim Akshah states that this Tamar was the daughter Bitoi Shel shame that she was the daughter of shame and because as such she was a daughter of a Kohen and a daughter of a Kohen and that's why they judged her with Sreifa with burning so one immediately tries to connect this to another halacha in which we find in the Torah that there will be a difference between a Bas Kohen and an ordinary uh, woman because Rashi quotes from Chazal that the reason why she was condemned specifically to Sreifa, to being burnt was because she was the daughter of a Kohen where do we find in the Torah a difference between an ordinary woman and a daughter of a Kohen so that's with regards to an adulterous relationship Normally, the Torah's uh, punishment is chanek, no, not stone, is chanek for adultery, but for a bas koyen, the Torah says, Ubas koyen so therefore her punishment is sreifa, is burning. By the way, burning doesn't mean burning to burn somebody alive, like putting them in the fire, that's putting lead through the throat, burning them in the inside. But the question over here, well not much better, (laughs) but the question over here is, A, the Torah has not yet been given. How could they condemn uh, Tamar before the Torah was given to the penalty that the Torah gives out much later on? And B, the punishment that the Torah gives is either for a woman who has been betrothed or married and she has an extramarital relations so then the Torah says that there is that punishment but in this case of Tamar Tamar was neither betrothed nor was she married to any of the women because both of her husband died the only thing, the only connection she had was as Yehuda told her, Yabim as Ashes Achicha, that there was the mitzvah, the Leverite marriage. So she was a Shemeres Yabim, what is known. She was waiting to marry since her previous husbands died she, without having any children. The Torah gives us the mitzvah of Yibum, and then we have also the prohibition of that a woman is not supposed to marry anybody else but the brother of her deceased husband. But there is no penalty for that connection. We don't find 
a penalty of misa bechlal, of death penalty. It's just a prohibition. There's a mitzvah sasei, there's a mitzvah sloy sasei, there's a positive mitzvah, there's a prohibition. But we don't find anywhere in the Torah that there should be a death penalty associated with that. So some commentators suggest that at that time, the level of connection, even through a Leverite connection, a Yibum, had sort of the status of an Aishas Ish, gave her the uh, status that she's uh, like she was a married woman, even though she wasn't technically married to Shayla, who was the son, Yehuda's final son that was remaining. But that is very, very difficult to accept. And because also, as we mentioned yesterday in the story, what happens over here? First, if she is in truth waiting for, and she has to marry only Shelo because she is considered as if she is uh, connected to him only, so why is it okay after she says to Yehuda, oh, uh, you know, uh, to the person that these items belong to, that's the one that I'm pregnant from. That means because Yehuda is the one that had the relationship that she was pregnant from. So now all of a sudden she's not burned, now she became, now she becomes a celebrity. And she gives birth to twins. That's actually the beginning of the dynasty of the kings of Yehuda, of the Malchus based David. And David and Shlomoy, they all come from that relationship. Can we imagine? Now Rashi brings down two comments from the Chazal, what means Velo Yosef Ledaito, which is written with regards to Yehuda. That one commentary, Rashi says he no longer had any relationships with Tamar. And the other one, Rashi says, he continued to have a relationship. But either way, even if he did not continue to have a relationship with her anymore, but if we should assume that that relationship that took place, that one-time relationship from which Peretz and Zorach were born, which was the uh, foundation for the dynasty of the Melech HaMashiach, shall we say that that was a prohibited relationship at the time? That's something which defies logic. So basically the question is, why was she condemned really to death over there? So it has to be something different than just being a Leverite marriage and just the idea of the Yibum over there. Uh, we also know that what was the reason that we learned that Yehuda, we're running out of time, but what is the reason why Yehuda said to her uh, he didn't actually want to give Shelo, his final, his third son, to Tamar for a wife. So he says, because two of his children have already died. So, uh, this woman, her husband's died. So he didn't want, he was afraid that his Shelo was going to die too. So, technically it comes out that there was no uh, obligation, a real obligation of, of Yibum over there. And the fact that Yudah never really had in mind for her to marry because he pushed her off. Because this whole story takes place when the Pasik says that Tamar says, saw that Shelo has become older and he wasn't given to her as a husband, that's when uh, Tamar did what she did. So therefore, the, uh, the 
really the law of uh, Yibum didn't really apply over here because there was an exemption in this case even before Matan Torah, even to the extent that it was applicable at that time. But we have to say what Rashi is saying is that there was a certain uh, uh, standard over there that Abbas Koyen uh, had a certain standard, not because of Yibum, not because because this is not an adulterous relationship, but there was a certain standard that there was over there at that time for Abbas Koyen. But then the question is, so why is it okay if it's Yehuda? So the key is, again, because we're out of time, the key is because the Pasik says, Hina hora liznunim. The, the understanding was over there that she was just an ordinary harlot, she was a zoina, and she was hefker, and she was permitting herself to znus. Znus at that time for Abbas Koyhen carried that penalty that the people sort of undertook on themselves as a daughter of a Koyen, as the daughter of shame, it undertook that level of a Freimakshoa, Bas Koyen, the Nuhul Israfa, that had the status of Israfa. But as soon as she says that from the person that these are uh, belong to, I am pregnant. So she, Beferish, says that it's not like that she was a regular uh, Zoyna and that she allowed just herself to the level of Znus, but that. As uh, the Pasik says, Mimeni that Hashem says that it was actually my plan that I had all in mind. So it turns out not only was that relationship not a prohibited relationship, but that was a destined relationship that God orchestrated in order to bring about the dynasty of Yehuda, the Melech, uh, the Malchi uh, Yehuda, and then eventually the Melech Hamashiach, Kamim Heri